What up, everybody? Today is today. Remember that. I want to spend some time today talking about relationships, specifically romantic relationships. Ooh-wee. Yeah, stuff that I know nothing about. <laughs> but, you know, being the optimistic person that I am, I'm sure you already guessed that my opinions about romance and love are that they're great. They're both awesome, but they're also very complicated. That kind of goes without saying. And as I get older, I've realized this is such an interesting subject to think deeply about and really just reminisce on my own experience and think about other people's experiences. It's so interesting. And I'm excited to share some stories about my relationship with Julie and also talk about the many lessons, fun times, hardships, and endless laughs. Because, man, oh man, love love is funny. You know, like the times when Julie and I are watching a movie after a long day, which doesn't happen often, but some weeks it does. And we're both sipping a glass of wine And I hear Julie say, I love you. So I turn, I smile, and I say, is that you or the wine talking? To which she replies, it's me talking to my wine. (laughs) Yeah, let me say it again. Love is funny. It is supposed to be this very special, intimate thing and We're trying our best to have that be what our experience is of it, but I know that over time, romantic love changes us, right? And and hopefully it can change us in, in good and positive ways because it definitely changes us. It changes how we act in certain ways and situations. And I mean, it has the potential to connect us like nothing else in this world. So I've been thinking about romantic relationships and I've also been thinking about that really corny joke, which I liked. I don't know if I delivered it well, but (laughs) it's me talking to my wine. (laughs) But I've just been thinking and reminiscing about my my own relationship, um, all the couples I know in my circle, and I've been thinking about their relationships and what it would be like to have some insight into, you know, their interactions and you know it kind of got me reminiscing about the different stages of romance the early stages of relationships when we poke fun at each other all the time right and we have like a ton of playful inside jokes and references like there's a specific laugh that both you know guys and girls have when they're in early parts of their relationship, like everything is giddy and fun. Um, and, and that's good. That's a good thing. But it's also like, I don't know. It, it, it's very, it turns turns back the clocks a little bit. It brings us back to like junior high version of us, which is funny. Uh, and then there's those who have been dating for years. 
and we start to really appreciate the great person that we get to be with. But we also start to realize some of the traits that they have that we would like to see them work on. And, and we say work on in a very nice and encouraging way, but really we become annoyed and frustrated with certain parts of that person because now we've spent more time with them. And then there are those who decide to get engaged, right? Preparing for that next stage and, and doing everything they can to, to keep each other at the center of their lives as they plan for their big day. And, and all the pressure starts to take shape in, in all the different forms. But um, being engaged is another stage of relationships if you have any interest of becoming married one day. And then that brings us to those who are married. And all the stuff that comes along with being married, you know, being fully committed, but trying to keep track of each other's responsibilities and holding on to your sense of self while also being bonded to someone else. There are so many other stages as well, of course, um, you know, experiencing a breakup or a divorce or losing a significant other. Every stage of, our, of a relationship contains its own good times and bad times. And the problems that you have with your partner when you first start dating are not likely going to be the same problems you have four years into your marriage. Or if they are, they'll at least be a little different and specific to that stage of life that you're in together. But before we jump into some thoughts I have, I wanted to talk about my relationship with my wife, Julie, and give some insight into, into our story. So welcome to episode 13, the one all about romantic relationships. Cool. I think that this is going to be a ton of fun, and um, I'm looking forward to this journey we're going to take together right now. And the first thing I wanted to do was talk about our story, my story that, that Julie and I have together. And we started dating as freshmen in high school, which is unbelievable to consider as I look back on life. Um, we dated for like eight years, um, started dating as freshmen um, Obviously, we went to the same high school. Maybe that's not obvious, but we went to the same high school together in a bunch of classes together. And um, then at, at the end of high school, we decided to spend a little bit of time apart because we were both going to different colleges. But it didn't take long for us to realize that we wanted to be together. We, we could make the distance work. So we stayed together uh, all through college as well. And... Um, yeah, after, right after college, we both graduate. I graduated in 2013. She graduated in uh, December of 2012. Then a year later, December of 2013, we got engaged and decided to get married in August of 2014. So we were moving things along really quickly. But when you've been together for that long um, and you know that this is going to be your future and that you're ready to commit yourself together, uh, it's obvious. So we just started making those plans. And um, we got married August 1st, 2014. 
We've been married for over five years now, which is insane. Um, because yeah, we got married pretty young. We were both 23 years old. Um, but we knew that we would stay committed that we on, you know, to the best of our ability at that young age, we understood the process that we were stepping into and we were, we were ready to do it together. So, um, you know, we'll talk more about what it means to kind of stay committed and, and understand why commitment is such a crucial thing in romantic relationships. But uh, before we get there, you know, not only have we been married for five and a half years, but we've also traveled together a bunch. Um, in college, we drove a van across the country. I think if you're going <laughs> to consider whether or not you want to be with somebody forever, a good way to find that out pretty quick is take a nice long road trip with them. We did that. We, we drove from New Jersey to California. Um, we had an amazing time. Uh, we took a trip to Europe together a couple years ago, and we've done a bunch of other vacations. It's something that we love to do. We love to travel, and we are successful at doing it and not killing each other. So <laughs> that's a good sign that uh, we enjoy each other's company. And uh, one other thing to mention is that we now have a nine-month-old daughter who we love so much and has has just changed our relationship in ways that I, I'm not going to have enough time to talk about in this episode of the podcast. But becoming parents together has been the most amazing and life-changing experience that either one of us um, have ever had. And uh, But before that, you know, we, we moved into our first place together in February 2015. So, uh, we never lived together before we got married for whatever reason. It just we were we were at, in college, and then after that we both moved back home. And because we got married so young, we never had a place together before we got married. So we bought a house, we moved in. There were definitely really rough patches early on because I mean, and also great things too. But personally, dealing with a lot of internal struggles and things going on in my own life, really just me being immature uh, caused us to have some issues and problems that we, of course, worked through because part of saying your vows on your wedding day is for better or worse, and things weren't always better, and that didn't mean that we were going to give up or, um, you know, allow those things to to make us feel like this wasn't meant to be because we know that it, it is and that um, we were willing to realize that. So work through all that stuff. And I think we kind of regain confidence and strength in our relationship through faith, through serving, through both of us just becoming more self-aware and more mature, especially me on my end. Um, but I, I think through that whole process, I really started to understand the importance of doing stuff together outside of your house. <laughs> Might seem like it's uh, pretty obvious, but it's worth thinking about. Do stuff together outside of your house, things that you really like. If it's just going out to eat together or going out to the bar and hanging with your friends and having that social life, 
or if it's going hiking, or if it's going to the movies, or I guess like all those things are are options and are really good. But specifically to Julie and I, I I kind of related I related to serving together, like being a couple in the community, and 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 I think making sure that the types of uh, things that you're doing together in the community are like positive things. So yeah, going out to the bar together and having friends or going to the movies every weekend is like one thing and that's that's good, but really like being surrounded by other couples and all working towards something or working on something together um, with other couples, I think just helps strengthen a relationship. And of, like, of course, that requires sacrifice and understanding um, because like, you know, you're both going to have responsibilities that come up, but I think it helps both people grow and form the ability to carry out those responsibilities in an effective way. And it just strengthens our sense of self-worth, which I think allows us to be better in our relationship. So that's something that has helped Julie and I immensely in the past couple of years. Um, but before I really, really jump in, I want to mention something about the lessons that I'm going to kind of be talking about, because that's the way I see these. It's not so much like advice. Uh, it's kind of just like me talking about the things that I've picked up along the way and little lessons that are worth mentioning. But, you know, talking about relationships is weird because there are plenty of people who consider themselves uh, and might consider might be considered by others to be relationship experts or whatever that means. But I certainly don't consider myself to be one. And because of that, I feel unqualified to talk about relationships in certain ways because my experience has been what it is. Obviously, there are all sorts of different relationship scenarios, preferences, experiences, expectations, interests, right? Like we all have unique experiences. And I know this topic is, is really a good one to talk about with other people. So don't allow my limited conversation today to convince you that I'm not recognizing other relationship situations that exist. But for now, I can only speak about mine. And when I start having guests on, I definitely want to get people's take on this because there are so many different relationships out there. Um, but for for us, you know, our basics, if you looked at it on a sheet, um, Julie and I are in a long-term monogamous, heterosexual, faithful, committed relationship with intent to bear and raise children. <laughs> it's funny to think about it like that very specific. Um, you know, th th there's that. That's the relationship that I'm in and where I'm coming from when I talk about this stuff. Uh, even if you don't check off those same boxes, I think there might be some value in the lessons I'm going to discuss. But there's also going to be subjects that I don't have any experience with and um, that I might not talk about. But please recognize that I'm not trying to leave you out. But uh, with that said, there are certain stages in most relationships 
even if people are trying to avoid labels. And, you know, in those certain stages, there are big decisions and events that, that can change relationships. Without getting too deep into it, um, I want to share lessons that cover these stages. And it's the dating stage, uh, being engaged or planning a wedding, uh, and then being married. And maybe if we have time, a little bit about parenting. Um, but one of my biggest focuses in all these stages is that positive relationships occur when both people are able to be present. Because missing the moments when you're with your partner and always being distracted or focused on other stuff going on inside your head or up on the TV screen or on your phone, that is quickly going to distract and cause detachment. And I think all of us can get better at understanding and experiencing that there is a certain depth uh, in our interactions, that there's a possibility in every moment to grow stronger as a couple rather than push each other away, right? Like we always have the option to hold their, hold someone's hand or uh, just like turn to them and, and speak truthfully or tell them something that you've really been uh, encouraged by from, from what they've been doing. There's just so many times that maybe we miss those moments because our head's down in our phone or we're just not, we're not really seeing the moment, you know, these, these seconds and minutes of our life for, for what they are. And that is, you know, they're just very precious gifts that we don't ever get back. And I struggle with this all of the time because we all do. But especially as you spend more and more time with the same person, if you've been dating them for a while or you're been, you've been married to them for a while, it's especially easy to, to miss some of the moments. So um, let's get a little bit more focused on details other than being present. But I thought it was worth mentioning that. And I'm hoping that these topics can spark some encouragement or reflection. So talking about dating. Dating is different these days. Um, when I, Julie and I started dating as freshmen in high school in 2006, um, cell phones, of course, existed, but the apps on the phones didn't exist the way that they do now. Actually, phones weren't anything like they are now. Um, had that like blue Nokia brick phone with the, um, uh, what was that game on there? Snake. Used to play that all the time. Um, yeah, dating now is a lot different because you can literally meet up with anybody whenever. Well, not anybody because some people aren't on dating sites. But yeah, I mean, social media and these apps have allowed uh, us to connect with people in, like we never have before. So with that in mind, um, I don't know about that sort of culture and what that's like, so I can't speak to it. But I can speak to some general lessons that I've realized as I've gotten older. So I think if you're looking to date someone specifically because you're looking for like a long-term commitment, um, it's so important not to be short-sighted, right? Like that seems obvious, but make sure that the person that you start to, that you start to get close with 
is someone that you can, you see yourself growing with and that you can be vulnerable enough, you know, within reason early on in the relationship to, to share your true feelings and get, um, and get an idea of their true feelings and whether or not you both are really compatible, right? Like that, that seems like it's obvious, but I think sometimes people jump into relationships just to be in relationships or they think that they are compatible with this person because of certain interests. But when they then zoom out and look at like the big picture of where they're at and where they want to go, that um, it, it, it takes a certain amount of maturity to understand that you need to get to those conversations eventually and the earlier the better because you don't want to waste each other's time or hurt each other so i think it's super important just not to be short-sighted and you know having common interests uh, is really important right but also allow each other to spend time away from the relationship within reason again because like if you're going to ditch your significant other all the time to go do something that they're unable to participate in then you need to rethink whether you're capable of really being in a relationship at this time, uh, which I think is crucially important for young people because we all have our own interests and our own friends. And then when we want to start spending time with somebody else and being in a relationship with them, we have to understand that we're going to be um, sacrificing some of that free time. Uh, that's obvious, but you do need to give each other time to go and do those things, but you have to have the maturity to like not leave that person out all the time. I think that those two things right there, they hit home right now for me because of a situation with a family member who had their significant other, you know, go back on their feelings about staying together through uh, a potential situation and, um, and also just using like a solo activity to distract them and detach them from the situation. So it's also worth mentioning that even when you think you're being diligent about long-term behavior and discussions, you know, people always have the option to change their mind, which is another reason love is so complicated. One of the other pieces of dating advice that I didn't experience, but I've thought through is considering your potential partner's roots, you know, where they're from, where they grew up, the culture and home life that they had. And for Julie and I, this was not a factor at all because we grew up in the same town. In fact, our town is one square mile and it, it's just a very small suburban town where everybody, to a certain extent, I grew up in a similar way. You know, for me, like I literally could walk out of my front door, make a left, walk down my block, and then when I got to the corner, make another left, and I just walk a quick suburban mile to, to be at her front door. Just right down the road on the other side of town was her house. And we had a similar childhood experience because of that, growing up in that small town. Um, obviously, everyone's home life is unique in certain ways, but I think something that's really interesting to me, at least, is like if you're dating someone from another town or state or country, 
be prepared for them to be a different version of themselves when they return to their roots. In any relationship, you know, the person is going to be showing you a particular version of himself or herself, but you know, this specific situation when they go back to where they grew up, I think it's a time to recognize that they're they're probably going to change in certain ways and you need to allow them to you can't um expect them to just I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with that, but like you need to allow them to to be comfortable around their family like they always are or their friends and 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 not like be like, oh, you're you've changed. You're different. Like, don't have a negative feeling towards it, but talk about it in a positive way, and then really get a feel for like their full personality. I think that's super important. Have an understanding of their full personality and allow it to be what it is, but also talk about it with them and don't hold on to like negative feelings about it. Um, and then finally, when it comes to dating, this sensation that we have to always think that the grass is greener somewhere else or you you get that metaphor that there's someone else out there that's better for you that you know life is good that this person's being in relationship with them is fun and in these these ways but then there's also these things that are kind of annoying or um, that you, you make you consider what it would be like to not be with them and to be single and to potentially meet other people. And that, that feeling, um, I think, for some of us, can, can always be there in the back of our mind, that it's never going to go away 100% because we all wonder about our decisions and whether or not our decisions are the the right ones and um and I, what i would say to that is just like don't allow that voice in your head to stop you from being fully committed to somebody because that's where relationships really start to take off is when you just recognize like listen not everything is perfect but it's it's great it's like i love this person and that that feeling of love overpowers the feelings or and questions that I have in the back of my head. So, so don't be scared to commit yourself and, and don't let someone who's amazing go because you're too scared to commit to them. So that's dating. And then there's engagement. And I think for me, there's a couple of things that really stick out about um, being engaged or planning a wedding. And there's like that pre-engagement moment I think like before you ask somebody to marry them because don't can do like this is good advice please please don't consider what I'm about to say after you've already gotten engaged that's not going to help you need to think about this before you pop the question or before you accept someone's question so ladies if you you're thinking your guy might uh or whatever, whatever the situation is, if you're thinking that someone's going to ask you to marry them, jump on this one early, talk about it with them ahead of time. Because people say that, you know, you're marrying into the family. And and that's correct. That's a good way of putting it. But man, it's so much more than that. Don't just be like, oh, you're marrying into the family. No, like think, think really hard about this, right? Take time to consider that you're no longer going to be the boyfriend 
of this person or the girlfriend of this person or the partner of this person. You're no longer going to be the fiance or, you know, you are actually becoming a family member of this other family. So you need to make sure that you can be comfortable around your in-laws or else it's going to be something that could potentially get between you and your significant other throughout your life. Just please, t- I mean, really think about that because it's, it's, you are taking on a new role. You know, you're taking on the role of a family member, you know, of a sibling, of a son, of a daughter. You're, you have to understand the importance of that and, and be really conscious of it so that you can just make it all as smooth and positive as possible. And speaking of in-laws and family members, you know, when you're engaged and you're planning a wedding, allow them to have a certain say, right? Like w- within reason, um, have that, let them be part of your special day because it's really special for them too, for your parents and siblings and other cro- close relatives. So don't just like cut them out because you don't want to hear any of their crap. Um, but, but also relatives, like don't be crazy, this is a side note. This is separate from relationships. This is just a, a moment to talk about wedding planning. Like, do not if if your if your daughter or son or anyone you're close to is getting married, please don't try to tweak every little detail. Even if you are providing monetary support, right? Like, if you're going to cause stress to the couple by being over involved, I think that you need to sit down with them. And have a conversation, like be adults about it, have a conversation and ask whether or not they even want your monetary support if it comes at the cost of you being a helicopter person during the planning of the event, right? You got to release control over their life. Um, So don't just expect that because you're helping out that you get to have your way. Um, That's a bit of a rant about (laughs) wedding planning, but it's worth mentioning And uh, if you are engaged right now or thinking about being engaged soon, just be aware of those things. Um, Allow your family members to be part of your special day in a way that's meaningful to them. But also like have those tough conversations if you need to have them. It's better to do it than to just let those feelings uh, stay inside you throughout the whole whole experience. So um, a couple other little lessons. Um, You know, make sure that your wedding has like very personal touches, okay? Because it's it's your day. You get to do whatever you want. So be real with yourself about what you want to make your day like and how it can be even more fun and special. And for Julie and I, we actually sang our first song or our first dance song. You know, normally, uh, typically, traditionally, people do first dances. Julie and I did a duet. And we sang You and I by Ingrid Michaelson, which was a beautiful moment. Uh, but we were so busy that whole, through that whole process leading up to the wedding that we didn't even practice it together. We practiced it one time in the car. And I wish we would have realized the potential for that moment and for that to be a really special time and practiced it and planned something even more. Plus, because it's our day and we could have done whatever we want, I wish we would have done the song and then also we would have actually had like a first dance afterward. But 
you know, you learn these things in hindsight. So I'm passing it on to you might be helpful. So the last thing about engagement is just don't stress about all the little things, right? The big day comes and goes so fast. So really just enjoy this time of being engaged with your partner and focus on strengthening your bond before you stand up in front of a bunch of people and declare it before them, right? Work on strengthening what's happening between you two. Being engaged is awesome. It's such a cool, like special feeling. So enjoy it. And um, when I'm, you know, when I when I talked about presence at the beginning of this episode, like that is the time you need to be most present and supportive and encouraging and um, happy and excited, right? And then being married, being married is its own amazing thing that that comes uh, that that gets us to experience something deeper than any of these other stages have ever even started to to be like. I don't know how to talk about it, but marriage is great, but it's hard, right? And I think one important thing this little line is helpful is make sure to stay engaged even after being married, right? We need to stay engaged in each other's lives, in each other's interests, in each other's work lives. And we need to talk to each other and be part of each other's lives even more than just like, we got the certificate, we live in the house together, thinking about having this many kids. You know, like really understand that this commitment is for life. So now you have someone that you get to spend and share your entire life experience with. And you know, for Julie and I, we definitely spend a lot of time together, uh, but we also try to give each other opportunities to make separate plans and be with friends and do stuff outside of our relationship. But life also gets super busy. So you know, this can sometimes fall to the wayside at times, but we try. We try to make it a priority. And I want to encourage you to do the same thing. Your relationship is not just about the time that you spend with each other. It's also about the time that you guys spend separate from each other and just being interested in your spouse's interests and uh, encouraging them. And when they leave the house, you know, instead of being mad about it, tell them, you know, be safe and have fun um, and make sure that you have that trust because trust in a marriage is key. It's the thing. It's what allows us to be vulnerable and romantic. It's the thing that keeps us together and um, it's, it's crucial. Without it, without it, a marriage won't work. Um, so, you know, be understanding that your spouse has parts of their life that you're not involved in, right? These parts of their lives that don't revolve around you. So be interested in their work and what's going on. Trust them. Um, and, and also like understand that they're going to be dealing with pressure and other expectations that you don't know about. So not only can you be like understanding or supportive, but you can just be gentle with them, right? Just stay engaged with what's happening and, um, yeah, be, be gentle in your marriage. Uh, I, I need to work on that myself because Julie and I, we still joke around a lot and bust each other's chops, but like you know, there's more moments that I think we can just be gentle and loving and just like really soak up what this thing means to both of us. And also um, 
just remember that the person that you're married to, they're going to change. They're going to change over time. Uh, so just be prepared to change with them. And if you notice them changing in ways that threaten your relationship or your trust, talk to them about it, right? Don't, don't go to other people to talk about your relationship. You have to have that openness with your spouse. Uh, and when you talk with them about it, spend time thinking, even writing down some thoughts before you just jump into like a heated conversation about something that's been on your heart for a month, right? Make sure that you start that conversation in a very gentle and diligent way so that you can actually make some some progress in whatever the heck's going on. Um, and and finally, because I'm, I'm really running out of time here, I'm talking a lot. Uh, so maybe we'll do like a whole marriage episode one day. I don't know. But the final thing is, and I kind of mentioned this earlier, is be a couple in the community, right? Be a couple that other other people, it doesn't matter if they're couples or not, other people look at and say like, wow, they are, and not in a fake, not in a fake way, like look at all the stuff they do. No, like be a role model of what it means to serve others and what it means to look beyond your own preferences and your own needs and go out and like serve other people's needs. And um, I think that this like hashtag power couple uh, is such a funny thing because like, you know, it, it, when, when someone calls you a power couple, it feels really good. But then like everybody's being called a power couple right now. So I don't really know how much like power is in that <laughs> word anymore. Uh, so I, but I, I was thinking about it and I think that, yeah, you know what? Everybody, everybody gets to be a power couple. We all can do it. We all uh, should understand that we have that ability and, uh, and that we need both sides fully invested in order for it to, to be a thing. So um, yeah, believe that you have a bigger calling than just sitting at home with your loved one, watching TV shows, that you have a calling to actually go out do something in your community together as a couple. And I think it, it will just strengthen your bond so much. Um, and when I say like in the community, it can be like, you know, I don't know, working on projects together, working on each other's businesses or helping go spend time um, just donating your, your time and serving in, in all sorts of ways. But again, I could talk more about it. At another time. So as I start to wrap this up, I don't want to drag it out any longer. Um, so I think I'm going to pass on speaking about parenting for now, but that's probably okay because it's worth having its own episode. Um, but I did want to just make sure to mention this because I don't want to leave out those who have been really burned in relationships. You know, romantic relationships require trust. And when someone completely breaks that trust in a hurtful way, and they're not willing or interested in working through the issue, or maybe they did it on purpose. Um, you know, dealing with that broken trust can be one of the roughest experiences that a person ever goes through. And I think in those cases, it's important to rely on the loved ones who have always supported you. The people who have known you before that relationship even started. Um, and just focus energy and time on being with them and just focus on healing your own hurts and not trying to change the other person. And for me, I think that the 
best way we can do this is through prayer. Prayer is a powerful way to overcome these trials, especially asking others to pray for you. Because I believe that their protection will help clarify you know, what your next moves are and, and will help you understand and really start to feel again that, that you're loved, that despite what happened in this relationship, that you are loved by so many people. Um, so I'm hoping that through this whole talk, you know, in, in which I wish I had more time to share stories of Julie and I. So we'll get to that eventually. Maybe Julie and I will sit down and have a conversation together so that we can share some fun stories and um, talk about some of those endless laughs that I mentioned earlier, because a lot of this was just lessons and, um, and ending on, on a bit of a down note. But I think that's okay, because life isn't great all the time. And we have to recognize that. So I'm hoping that this was encouraging to talk through, you know, relationships are so special and they leave a real indentation on who we are. So I think it's just so important to recognize how a relationship is impacting us and the ways in which we're affecting another person through our relationship with them. So I hope that you have a great day. I love you. I love this relationship that we are continuing and I look forward to sharing new thoughts soon. Hey, one last thing. If you like this episode and are looking forward to new episodes of this series, I encourage you to leave a review and subscribe to this show. I'm no social media guru, but I think that's how more people are going to have a chance to hear it. Thanks again. Have a great day.